Good morning, church. Yes, I do not look like Pastor Matt. I do not, do not look like Pastor Brandon. Some of you may know where they are at. They're currently on a short-term mission trip in Haiti. So you are stuck with me. So I'm going to be talking about perhaps a sad topic this morning. It may be difficult, but God is in our midst. Amen? Before I get started, let us pray. Father God, thank you so very much for not leaving us in the dark, but rather providing us with the light of your word, and most importantly, the light of Christ. May your word be sharper than any two-edged sword this morning, allowing your spirit to move in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was a young child, I used to spend a lot of time at my grandparents. And I remember vividly one night as I was staying there, there was a TV show on. Many of you may tune into these types of TV shows on Friday nights. Dateline. You know, the murder mystery types or a cold case. And in some of those shows, they, they show some fairly graphic photos at times. I remember seeing some skeletal remains. And I had this overwhelming fear and panic set in that one day I was going to die. I was honestly crippled with fear in that moment. You may know the feeling. When your stomach drops and your breathing gets heavier and heavier. My biggest fear that, that day was contemplating that possibly that I would eventually cease from existence. That all that I've ever known and all those that I have ever known would just vanish into nothingness. And I into unconscious eternity. Perhaps some of you can testify to having similar experiences. Anybody out there? The fear of death is one of those that, when surveyed, seems to always rise towards the top. Some say that oftentimes it's second to public speaking. But, but in all seriousness, everybody at some point in their life has to wrestle with the fact that physically, they're going to die. The truth is, we all are going to die one day. The source of truth, God's word in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, indicates that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that comes the judgment. Death is eminent for everyone. The concept of human death is brought forth very early in Scripture. As we read in Genesis, 
please turn to your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to be discussing at this point verses 15 through 17. And it goes, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God indicated Adam Eve, this is your role as man and as woman. And I'm going to give you some instructions. You can eat of any tree in the garden, but this one. This one tree. And if you don't disobey, you will surely die. Well, everybody should know what happens. And that account is outlined in Genesis Chapter 3, and essentially it outlines the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Eve succumbed to her own inner cravings, and, and from the, the slithery serpent, she was seduced to eat of the fruit that God had forbidden. And Adam then indulged, and God appeared and pronounced judgment upon Adam and Eve and the serpent. Death for mankind was not an experience until this act of disobedience. And at that point in time, although they did not die physically, they died spiritually. And eventually, they would die physically. The curse of sin is death. The Bible tells us that. For it is written in Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death. Wages are something that we earn in exchange for doing something. Essentially, we earn death by being sinful. And in fact, we all have inherited a sinful nature. Remember a few weeks ago when Pastor Matt was talking about the concept of total depravity. That's the concept that I'm speaking of here. Everybody by nature is sinful. So death is real. Death is imminent. It's unavoidable. And the fear of death is real for so many people. Even Christians. And what's also real is that with death, death often comes pain, anguish, and sorrow. And when I was preparing this, I was reflecting on an experience that I had with my, at the time, three-year-old daughter. And to illustrate this, it was back in 2017, and my oldest daughter had just turned three years old, and we were at Walmart, and we were perusing the aisles, and it's very dangerous with a three-year-old to go to the movie section, especially when there's some new Disney movies that have been released. And although they're not new, they're 10 years old, but they're new, and you can only get them now. So there was a a favorite movie of mine growing up, 
many can probably attest to this, the Lion King. Anybody that likes the Lion King out there? All right, most of you have probably seen the movie The Lion King. But for those of you that haven't, I will explain. So later that night, I put the movie in, and we started watching The Lion King. And the movie is about Africa and a good-hearted lion that really holds this, this circle of life together by his righteous rule. But there was only one problem. His brother, Scar, wanted the kingdom. And he was going to do whatever it took to get the keys to the kingdom. Well, Mufasa was the king at the time. And his son, Simba, was the next heir to the throne. So, in an event for Scar to take over the kingdom, he was going to plan a stampede. And within that stampede, it would take the life of Mufasa, the king, and Simba, his son. And many of you know this story. The stampede happened. Mufasa notices that Simba is in the midst of the stampede, and he goes self-sacrificially, and he saves his son. And as he's jumping out of the stampede, he is on the rock, and he's about to save himself when he gets clenched by his brother Scar, who tosses him off the cliff. Mufasa falls to his death, and he lay there lifeless. The stampede goes away, and Simba tries to snuggle up against his father that at the time didn't know he was dead. And at that time, I was finding it hard to keep the tears back because it's a very emotional part of the movie. I couldn't imagine what was going through the mind of my three-year-old. But she turns to me and she says, Dad, is Mufasa sleeping? Right then and there, I was hit in the gut, thinking, how in the world do I explain death to a three-year-old? So I tried the best that I could in terms that she could understand, and I said, no, he's not sleeping He's kind of, it's like he's sleeping, but he'll never wake up. And you can see that the wheels in her mind start to spin, and she's trying to contemplate this and whatever brain power that a three-year-old has. And she looks up at me and she says, Dad, why are my tears coming? And I'm trying to hold back the tears now telling that story. But with a three-year-old child, She understood that in that time, death is sad. Death is sad. Perhaps what was going through her mind is, what if she was in that situation? What if if her dad was gone and, and what would she do? I don't know. I can contemplate what she was thinking all day long. But it's easy to tell from that story and from many experiences that you've been in. That death is sad. Little did we know that a very short time later, death was no longer distant in the screen of a Disney flick. But it hit home in this community, in this church. 
My best friend would lose his wife. My daughter's best friend would lose her mother. Eric and I and many of you would lose a dear friend. All of us have been and will be one day directly impacted by death, whether it be close family or friends. It will likely bring mourning and sadness and pain and anguish. Now you may be thinking, wow, Chris, I came here this morning to be encouraged, not depressed. I know, I know you did. But the bad news of this reality that we live in, this pain, this anguish that we go through, always precedes the good news of the gospel. Amen. Death and sadness are only a part of the story. Remember in Genesis 3.15, after the fall, God pronounces judgment on both the serpent and Adam and Eve. Within that statement, he said the eventual seed of Eve would crush Satan. In other words, there will be a descendant from Eve that will destroy and disarm the power of Satan who is the father of death and destruction. That prophecy was fulfilled in the incarnation, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My friends, if you were in Christ, death is not before you. It is behind you. Of course, in the physical realm, death is imminent. But in the spiritual realm, we've already received the victory. Amen? For those who are in Christ, are you standing on that truth? I'll say it again. Are you standing on that truth? That that death is not before us, it is behind us. So what do I mean to be in Christ? What I mean by that is you have recognized your sinful depravity and the reality of your falling short of God's standards. You have recognized the only one that could meet and has met God's perfect standard is Jesus Christ. And you put your faith, your trust in Him and His life and His death and in His resurrection. You've believed upon His name and you were saved. And at that moment... You were, and now you continue to be in Christ. And speaking of the resurrection, speaking with Martha regarding the resurrection in John 11, verses 25 through 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Shall never die. That is a great promise. And that is the hope that we have. So let's take this a bit further. Please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be discussing verses 51 through 58. 
And this is Paul who is penning this. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This passage speaks of the future resurrection of the saints and how all of us in acclamation will celebrate by experiencing victory over death. However, however, death was conquered on the cross and through Christ's resurrection, which is a foreshadowing of what we will experience. Here's my question. Are you living as if death is behind you? We say death is behind us. Christ has given us that hope. The question is, does our legal position jibe with our living condition? Are we living that? Are we, as in the words of Paul, exclaiming, the sufferings of this world aren't worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us? Or are we crippled with fear? Not only the fear of death, but the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of being uncomfortable. Although death is imminent, the fear of death is real. And with it often comes deep sadness. We shouldn't allow the crippling fear of death and the reality of physical death to prevent us for living for God. Amen. In one of my favorite movies, we get back on the movie thing here, the main character, he says, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Yes, we all physically die, but are you truly living for Christ? Yes, we will physically die, but are you truly living knowing that Christ's promise has placed you on the other side of death? I also heard a well-known pastor say, freedom is on the other side of your fear. Freedom is on the other side of your fear. He also said that 
Whatever we fear has mastery over our lives, and fear is a cruel master. Another question to ask yourself, is fear mastering your life, or is Christ mastering your life? Let's take another lesson from Paul. Let's turn to, to Philippians 1, 19 through 27. He says, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that in full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether it be life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I, am, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. For your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So what can we learn from God's word? What can we learn from Paul's perspective? His proclamation is that Christ will be honored in his body, whether it be in life. Or death. He then says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul is torn between life and death. He is excitedly looking forward to death, as he will be with his Savior. However, he understands that God has taken him home hasn't taken him home, and he has fruitful labor left for God's kingdom. I'm going to ask us again, are we living this truth? Do our actions suggest we believe like Paul, that for us to live is Christ, and to die is gain? You see, Paul understood that death was behind him. He didn't let fear of physical death get in the way of living for Christ. In fact, he understood it so much that he actually looked forward to it. He looked forward and treasured the future reward vastly more than anything this world could offer. He treasured the future reward vastly more than anything this world could offer. Can we with much anticipation say the same? I think many times you find people on the far reaches of this spectrum. Some people may be so 
crippled by fear. Christians so crippled by fear of anxiety, the fear of death, whatever the fear is, that they truly cannot live for Christ. Then I think you have other people that are on the far other end of the spectrum that they are so comfortable with dying that they've given up. They know that the reward is in Christ and soon they will see Him and they've given up just waiting to pass. As I mentioned earlier, freedom is on the other side of your fear. For those of you that find yourself in this boat, change your mind. Cry out to God. Cast all your fears, worries, and anxieties on the Lord. Let go of them and understand that death is behind you, not before you. And this mindset will cause you to break free of the wicked master of fear, worry, and anxiety. And cause you to truly live for Christ. To live as Christ and to die as gain. In the same way, there are, there are others of you that in a sense... You're in that boat that I mentioned earlier that you have given up. That you're ready to pass from this life to the next. Learn from Paul. Remember what he said. He said that for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But he's hard-pressed between the two. But he recognizes that As long as God has him here on earth, God has a plan for his life. As long as air is going through his lungs, he's going to run the race with endurance that Christ has given him. I believe it was last year, Pastor Matt brought up this rope Remember the rope? Some of you weren't here. But there was this lengthy rope that it seemed like it stretched out into eternity. And on one end of the rope, there was a little piece of electrical tape. And what he had mentioned is this little piece, this little speck, this little piece of electrical tape is your life. Here on earth. In this long, lengthy rope, although it had an end, was representative of eternity. Although that piece of electrical tape is very small, and this life that we have to live here on earth is but a little grain of sand on the seashore. It is so important. It is so important because the life that we live here on earth has rippling effects into eternity. I want to urge all of you who are in Christ to proclaim that death is behind you and not before you. 
I want us all to be challenged to be, as in the words of Paul, not only to know the verse, not to be able to recite the verse, but to truly live. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Remember what he said about all the accolades that he had accumulated here on earth? He counts them all as loss, as rubbish. The literal translation, cow dung. To live as Christ, to die as gain. We already have the victory, amen? We already have the victory, amen? We are standing on the promises of God. And I'm so thankful for that. That He has not left us to our own devices. But that He came to our level. To sacrifice Himself so that we could have life. And that we could have life more abundantly. He has taken us and He has transferred us from this life to eternity. Placing death behind us. He has given us the victory over death. He has given us the victory over death. I'm going to close in the words of an old hymn. Lo, Jesus meets us, risen from the tomb. Lovingly, He greets us, scatters fear and gloom. Let us church with gladness, hymns of triumph sing. For the Lord now liveth, death hath lost its sting. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Endless is the victory, thou over death has won. Let me pray. Lord, we recognize our fallen nature and the curse of death. We recognize the reality that is, death is sad. It's sorrowful. It brings pain. It brings emotion. But we are so thankful, Father God, that you have not left us in our sadness. We thank you for Christ, for sending Christ, for freeing us from the bondage of sin and death, placing death behind us. Thank you for sending Christ on our behalf to take the punishment that we deserved so that we could have life and have it more abundantly whether it be in the body or out of the body. May we give you the glory in all that we do. Lord, may we truly learn a message from your word and from Paul. And may we be able to say within our hearts, for us to live as Christ and to die as gain.